You're listening to the sermon podcast from House for All Sinners and Saints. We are an Evangelical Lutheran Church in America congregation in Denver, Colorado, and you can find out more about us at www.houseforall.org. Grace, peace, (laughs) and a lot of mercy is yours. From our Lord and Savior, Jesus Christ. Amen. One of my favorite comedy shorts is a fake animated commercial that starts out with two little kids who are scrawling the word fart on a wall. And the announcer says, "Uh uh-oh, are you kids being bad? And they say, yeah. And he says, you know what that means. And the kids enthusiastically reply, punishment from above. And then the song comes on for a toy, My Little Pony, Apocalypse Pony. They reimagined My Little Ponies as the four horsemen of the apocalypse. (laughs) Pestilence pony, famine pony, war pony, and finally, death pony. (laughs) Uh, I mentioned this because that thing we just heard from Mark's gospel about the heavens being shaken and the sun going dark and angels gathering the elect has the cutest name, guys. It's literally called... The Little Apocalypse. It's like the My Little Pony of Apocalypses. Literally, scholars call it the Little Apocalypse. It's hard not to think of an apocalypse as a scary, doom-filled, forces of evil, punishment from above type of thing, but like all apocalyptic writings, this Little Apocalypse in Mark's Gospel was meant not to bring fear to those in churches, but to actually bring comfort to those in crisis. It's difficult, it's a difficult impulse for us to relate to, the idea of comforting people with apocalyptic images. I mean, if a friend's dog just died, I couldn't imagine saying something like, I saw a vision from heaven where all dogs were dying and a beast with seven heads bore the seal of the evil one. You know what I'm saying? It's hard to relate to, but you get the point. A vision of destruction in the heavenly realm and beasts would maybe not bring comfort to a friend in crisis, but the apocalyptic writings that were popular for like a good 400 years, a 400-year period around Jesus' time did exactly that. These writings, which may seem so bizarre and disturbing to us, were actually a very popular genre of literature in times of crisis. People were writing little apocalypses all the time. You could practically pick them up in the grocery store checkout line next to the diet tips in the celebrity magazines. An apocalypse is crisis literature written to communicate that even amidst empire and oppression, that the God who created the universe is active in the world, even while powers and principalities seem to rage around us. Meaning, these weird scenes of the heavens being shaken and the sun going dark and angels gathering the elect, these apocalyptic images are all there to tell us one thing, that dominant powers are not ultimate powers. And as many of you know, 
The word apocalypse means a revealing. Uh, In Greek, it actually means to uncover, to peel away, to show what's underneath, to reveal the powers and principalities that seem to be so dominant in our world for what they are, which is temporary. And given what's been going on, I wanted to point out that people of God, we live in a world where patriarchy is a dominant power. And as a woman in this society, I can say it would seem that we are finally in an apocalyptic time. I mean, the women I know are not exactly shocked that men in positions of power have used that power to sexually gratify themselves at the expense of women who are subordinate to them. None of us are fainting from shock. (laughs) If anything, we're shocked this thing that we as women have been socialized to endure and ignore and just smile and deal with is actually being revealed for what it is, which is pathetic and God-willing temporary. Just a note, enduring, ignoring, smiling, and just dealing with it is what women are socialized to do in order to survive and to de-escalate situations we find ourselves in. And enduring and ignoring and smiling and dealing with it looks a whole lot like she didn't mind. But it's not that we didn't mind, it's that we were just trying to survive, and that's different. So what we're seeing right now in terms of sexual harassment is not a revealing of some unusual aberrant behavior. It is an uncovering of a system of powers and principalities. But to be honest, I think that is what a good apocalypse is about. It is about revealing the difference between dominant power and ultimate power. It is about revealing what is there, and it is about God versus the powers and principalities of this world in like a superhero showdown. Like, who would win in a battle between the creator of the universe and like a Hollywood studio executive? (laughs) But it's also about showing us what could change, what we could lose, what we could live without and still be okay. In Mark's gospel, Jesus tells the disciples that the temple is going to be destroyed and the temple represented so much to them. It was foundational to their worldview and they couldn't imagine life without it. So Jesus goes into the little apocalypse saying there will be suffering Things are going to be hard. And when the thing you thought you couldn't live without is destroyed, God is faithful and still has your back. It made me think this week about what I couldn't imagine living without. Because those of us who have power and privilege have a hard time imagining life without it. I know I do. So I thought, like, what's left for me if my health is taken away? Can I see going on if I lose my position or if I have to rely on the charity of other people? What if there's war in our land and my feeling of security is taken away? What if all the power I have as a highly educated white American woman in a heterosexual relationship is taken away? What if everything that gives us power and privilege is taken away? Do we then fear No, Christian, we do not. Even though 
In certain churches, apocalyptic images have been used as a tool for fear-mongering. Apocalypse isn't about making people afraid. It's about encouraging people to look at what they fear and then letting them know they don't have to be afraid because even if the worst thing happens, what left, what is left is still God. That no matter how powerful forces of empire are, no matter how powerful the lobbyists are, no matter how powerful studio executives are, no matter how powerful presidents are, there is something that will beat them in a superhero battle any day of the week, and that's the power of the God of the universe, the God of Sarah and Abraham and Moses and Miriam and Jonah and Deborah. It's like peeling away at the layers Facing fear, in a sense, like what could fade away and we would still survive? Maybe that's why Mark says stay awake, meaning look for the cracks. Stay alert enough to see where the dominant forces are not the ultimate forces. Because it's like a Mobius strip, it's like a parabolic thing being Christian. The mystery of our faith is that Christ has died, Christ is risen, Christ will come again. So to be apocalyptically hopeful is to live in the now and the not yet. Usually we think of time as unfolding in like one straight line, like a string pulled taut between the past and the future, and we have one point on it. But people of faith take that string and we crumple it all together so that the past and present and future all touch, meaning the now of our reality is braided into the not yet of Jesus returning, a time when God will interrupt us again in a way we can't imagine but since the not yet of Jesus returning is crumpled up in time next to the right now, if we stay alert to it, we see it already peeking through. And the wad of bundled together time goes the other direction too, see? We believe that as we eat this bread and wine that we are seated at the longest table ever because it is the same table that Jesus sat at with his faltering friends on the night he was betrayed and said, take, eat, this is my body given for you. Whenever you eat it, do it in remembrance of me for as often as we eat, and eat this bread and drink this cup, we proclaim the Lord's death until he comes. This table is braided into that table and is the table of the now and the once was. When we sing the Sanctus, we join our voices with the saints and angels who have for eternity sung the same song around the throne of God. We, just, we are more than just who we are. This moment is more than just what it is. The world tries to tell us that. The news tries to tell us that. But we are a people of a sacred story that says that what we see here is not all there is. Our story is woven together with the story of God and God's people that we find in Scripture and is woven together with the story that is still unfolding. This is apocalyptic. It is a cosmic reality that puts the dominant forces of this world to shame. We wait. We look for signs of Christ shining through the inevitable cracks of the powers and principalities in this world that seem indestructible but are not. We remind ourselves of what is underneath. 
We remind ourselves of what is underneath the powers and principalities of this world because we know that while the forces of evil may seem to be raging on earth, they rage because they know they've already lost. Amen.